These boys are funding half the property in Coventry at the minute. Every, every time I look at the social media, they're after funding more property. <laughs> Ten apartments here and five apartments there. Just because you're jealous, I haven't got used to the tarmac. No, mate. Right, Come on. Was, I could be a brand ambassador. For, I could be a brand ambassador. Oh, for right. House of Rugby Ireland here on Joe. Game changed. So, Shawnee, we're here. Episode two. They've let us back, eh? Yeah, we're back in studio with our special guest tonight, the big man beside me. He's he's after doing about 100 upper body sessions by the looks of him since the last time I've seen him. Jack Willis. Hello, Good to guys. see you, mate. You well? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Um, Take her along. Is this not your first time on the House of Rugby? Well, this one, House of Rugby powered by Vodafone, so yeah, a bit different. First time, first time live, um, done a Zoom call one, which was, was pretty good. But yeah, nice to be here in the studio. No, it's great to have you. And he's, he's, uh, he's used to all this now because he's all these documentaries he's bringing out and <laughs> all the cash he's going to receive. <laughs> the body's falling apart, so I've got to try and make some money somehow, don't I? So. Well, it's taken Sean 30 seconds to mention cash, which is quite a you know common theme on this one. Uh, Sean, at the weekend, you were up at the game, were you? Making cash, was it? Or just... I went up for a social event um, at the weekend, uh, which was quite good fun in Edinburgh, although places did show at half ten, but... Um, we uh, we emptied a few fridges in the hotel and and had another few beers and we got back there. But yeah, it was a good weekend. It was it was actually fun to actually watch them play um, for the first time and not you know from a different point of view, I suppose. But I mean, you've followed them in training in Jersey. You've yep. gone up to Edinburgh and watched them play. Yes. Are you trying to be the team mascot, or are you literally hoping <laughs> to get picked? Because you know, unfortunately, Tipperick's out and there is a back row. Uh, spot available. I, I don't know if you are going to follow yeah. them south. I do, I do have my, I have my boots with me again yesterday. <laughs> going with the logic of stay yeah. close yeah, like stay a few close. years back. Well, by the looks of it, anyone could get picked now. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> On that, obviously, speaking about Alan Wynn, you know, the savage news for the, the tour party, terrible for him. Um, looks like he's going to struggle. It's not mm. officially that he's out-out, but it's uh, looking pretty tough for him to get back. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was it was a it was a difficult one actually to watch because I knew when he stayed down he never he never really does stay down Alan Wynn to be fair um, I knew it was something serious and then when you look back on the replay of it just got, going into that porch position and God he didn't get hit that very hard and it's it's quite a funny one because they're they're the most vulnerable when you have your arms like over breach. the ball breach yes you're in those that bad position and if you get hit from a side or a different angle it's it is quite sore but yeah I think he's done I think. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's done this previously. I think about two years ago, kind of. I think it's the same shoulder and didn't have it operated on. I'm not sure if it was a full dislocation the last time, like it is now, or I don't know the ins and outs of it. But um, yeah, it's going to be incredibly difficult for him to obviously be involved in this series because he will try and get back. Though Alan Wynn will definitely try and get back and avoid surgery or anything like that. That's for sure. And it's just tell you so much. You could strap it up there, something like that. It's yeah. But but what what kind of loss is that, Jack, for the for the Lions? I think I think it's massive. I think the biggest thing um, I've I've not played with Alan Wynn, but only heard good things from a leadership perspective. I think he the way he talks, the way you see him carry himself, and I've heard from from lads, uh, what Thomas Young and stuff who've been in the Wales camp at, um, from Was that he's he's got an attitude of that he has to be the last one off the training pitch, has to be the last one off the field doing extras. And I think that sort of thing can set a really nice tone for especially a tour like that. Um, I think it's crucial and, and it will be a big loss. His energy as well, I think, is is massive. You know, you, you talk about, you know, last one off the training pitch, even around the environment, like, 
and uh, and off the field you know his energy is brilliant around the team room and um he's 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 quite witty as well actually believe it or not um <laughs> if people don't know that but he's he's quite he's quite fun to be around on him and, and then obviously on, on at training he's just an energizer bunny and like you just follow him he's a he's a he's a man of the people and uh lads like to row in behind him and you know follow his lead and they're going to miss him majorly um and obviously they've called in um adam beard now as well uh, thoughts on that from you obviously you're yeah. pretty pro James Ryan, um, a few weeks or a few months back when the selection happened. Yeah, I'm. I was surprised. To be honest, I'm surprised by it. But you know, he's another Wales international. He's a big, big fella as well. So Gats definitely have liked that about him. Uh, I think. I think James Ryan though is very unlucky. And Johnny Gray, um, they probably for me would have been like ahead of him in the pecking order, or the perceived pecking order that there is. Um, but I think he's gone for the bigger man here just for scrummaging power and um, that type of thing. But I can't see how he would be a better footballer than the other two. Um, the other two lads are incredible around the field, like, um, but just wouldn't have the weight that probably Adam has. I think I, I feel for, for, for Joe Launchbury as well from, from Wasps. I think the form we, he was in before he had a bit of an ankle issue, then unfortunately goes and does his ACL. I think it's going to hurt seeing that because even if he didn't get picked in the original squad, like you said, you want a big weighty second row that can be a bit of a an engine at scrum time as well. And uh, yeah, I, you can't you can't help but feel for him really. Um, it is a shame. No, look, I think um, for me, yeah, Launchers is, is an unbelievable player. Um, you've seen the way he came back into the England squad, the way he started Six Nations, he, he was phenomenal. Um, and it's it's a shame for him. Um, he, he's someone who would have definitely been in in, in Gats's thoughts. I would have thought, mm. you know thinking, but look, you know, there's going to be more injuries. It's it's a very short tour, as we said uh, last week. You know, not many warm up games, so people need to hit the ground running. And coming in late is going to be tough for a lot of people. So if you can stay fit, you've got an unbelievable chance come to come the the first test. Yeah, it's going. It's it's, it's interesting that way because that's why I'm just thinking now. Will Allen win? Like even get an, an opportunity to get back for it. Probably not, like, well, realistically. They're, they're left for South Africa today. <sighs> even if he does, it's like reintegrating into training, building back in with the boys that will be be flying into it. And that second row, it's not like they're, they're lacking talent yeah. in that area. That's the trouble, isn't it? Yeah, and it would, like, I suppose you wouldn't even... I, well, personally, I don't think he'd want to be there either if he's not going to be involved fully. You know, there's, there's people saying, would would you still bring him? Would you know, is his influence that good around the place? Mm. Probably would do your head in being on a line tour yeah. and not being able yeah. to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't really buy into that. Again, you know, the whole Alan Wynn go along to be a leadership sort of role or help you out. You know, what does he do? You know, like he's not a yeah. performing, performing monkey. He can't like no, you know exactly. keep everyone entertained. That's yeah. it. So yeah. I think you're either there to play and perform and help the team out, or you know you wouldn't want to be there as a player. And other guys will be like, oh, brilliant. You know, when, when you're injured as well, you feel a bit isolated from it. So and also, I'd imagine Alwyn's the, the type of leader that wants to. He'll when he talks to the group about something that he wants everyone to deliver, it's because he knows he can go out and deliver it. Or it doesn't have that same impact if. No. He's saying the message that he wants people to do, but then he can't go out and leave from the front on the on the field. It doesn't have the same impact for the group, does it really? No, I don't think so. Um, but going forward, obviously, Conor Murray is now the official captain. Mm. Um, obviously, in my eyes, world-class player, um, brilliant box kicker, great player, physical nine. He obviously showed in the last lines and, and lines before how, how good he is as a player. Um, don't know as much as... It, 
about him as a captain. Um, obviously, Sean, you've played with him, seen yeah, see him grow as a player. Yeah, it's a funny one because, like, Connor, I wouldn't say, would see himself as a captain, but he would definitely be in all our leadership groups over the years. Um, and obviously, so much experience now. I kind of keep forgetting that, like, this is third tour. Um, you know, he is one of the driving forces in the Irish team. And he's definitely going to be his test starter if he stays fit. Um, Do you think that was a big reason for him being captain? Yeah, I think so. I think so because, you know, you have, if if you just hand it over to someone like Faz, I think it's not guaranteed that Faz will start. In, that's what I thought was weird yeah. with, with Gats coming out and saying <clears throat> everyone, that he was the most voted in leader. I, I thought that when the Alouin were dropped out, I thought that we'd be seeing Farrell coming in as, as captain. But yeah, it's, it's, as you say, it's probably more competitive, that sort of 10-12 area, yeah. than, than the nine shirt is for this tour. Yeah, and Bundy, Bundy and Robbie yesterday were yeah. phenomenal. And actually, they were unbelievable. And their work rate was unbelievable as well. But like Bundy, Bundy definitely put his hand up yesterday, just yeah. as... The breakdown as breakdown, well. Yeah, he got a few turnovers, yeah. yeah. I, I was... Um, Talking about the game, uh, I was disappointed in Japan, to be honest. Um, I thought they got blown away physically too easily. For the team we saw in the World Cup, who could match any team physically, you know, Ireland, Scotland, mm. went closer to Africa, um, I thought they just allowed gain lines. You said Bundy and um, Henshaw, they, they were brilliant getting over the gain line. And no, you know, they are physical players, but it was just too easy off those line outs. Bundy's making, you know, 20 yards and yeah. next carry, tw- you know, yeah. 10 yards. It's just, for me, um, I think they'll be disappointed with themselves. Um, but because um, if you think about South Africa, the Lions won't have still, that at all. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a completely different team you're playing against. Yeah, there was, <clears throat> to be honest with you, when I was looking at it yesterday, I said, this isn't actually that physical. I didn't think there was like, there wasn't a, the only one to put in a good shot was actually Sinks when he came on. Yeah. He got off the line a bit more and then Tyg Furlong was actually hugely impressive, I thought, yesterday. He was absolutely belting people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, I don't know, it was a bit unstructured, obviously, yesterday. First game was always going to be a bit rusty. I don't think we learned a whole lot from, you know, the type of game that the boys are trying to play. I don't think you're going to see that until it gets to test match week. To be fair, they're going to be definitely keeping back a little bit of stuff. And then on Japan, Japan looked lovely at times the way they were playing, but they're just going across. The it field. was just, yeah, what, it, was, it was it was one side to the no other. There was penetration like whatsoever. Yeah, it just looked um, like they were just trying to get the ball to the edge as quick as they could. Like there was, no one was taking it to the line. And as you say, physically, it didn't look like anyone from... The, Jap- the Japanese side could actually dominate in the in the, in the tight. Definitely, it was yeah they were lacking in that area. On lap back road, I come on. Did you see him? Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. <laughs> yeah. Christ, yeah. <laughs> he was absolutely melting people going forward when he came on and tried a silly chip and chase one time when he was after gas. And I think I think he went around Van der Merve at one stage. Um, he was the only one that really kind of put a bit of spark into him when yeah. he came on, but. No, I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to see much. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of the stuff, you know, the way they're trying to play when it comes into Test match week. It won't be. They definitely weren't going to show what they're all about yesterday because it was a fair big kicking yesterday too. Mm. No, I thought they they managed it really well. They can only you know play as well as the opposition and yeah. they, to be direct to go at the Japanese was the best tactic and they especially early on they did really well. Mm. Um, but Jack, from your side, what do you think we learned from the Lions there, like players wise or how they were playing? I, th- I think for me, it's good to see some of the lads coming off the bench making an impact. Like you say, Sinks was, 
I think he's going to be coming out of that so revved up after not being in the squad originally. And I think Tad Furlong is, is obviously an incredible player and it's going to be hard to nudge him out the side. But seeing that competition of like a couple of lads now that are also coming in, um, whoever, or I think, it, is it Navidi that's replaced Tipperick? Seeing those guys come into the squad and and really push push those starting players because they're revved up that they, they weren't originally named is going to be an interesting dynamic. But I think, as you say, I don't think they... I don't think they would have learned a huge amount. I think some of the combinations, to, uh, sort of 12, 13, as you yeah. touched on, were, will be definitely noted down as some good performances. Um, but I think there will be there will be a chance for Farrell in, in that in that area at 10 or 12 and, and see how he goes. But I think Bigger did play pretty well, to be fair to him. Yeah, I think from my point of view in the backs, um, I thought Bigger was, was very good. And, he, and he, it wasn't just his competitiveness, his kick chase, being involved with everything. He managed it well. He kicked well. He contested. And then, you know, they moved the ball at the right times. But I thought he took really good options throughout the game. And you could really see he was in charge. Um, he also played at a pace. Probably wouldn't play like that in a, in a test match. But, you know, get penalties, banana kick in there. He was trying to tap and yeah. go. Just great. And the other one for me, we've obviously mentioned centres, was... I was really impressed with Josh Adams. Um, I thought he he looked really good on the wing. He's aggressive. He got up well in the aerial game, which is a big part of what will come against South Africa. And he took his that first try exceptionally well from my side. I thought um, Laws played really well as well when he when he obviously came on a little bit earlier than planned. And he he'll be I'm sure he'll be a, play a big part in this tour, especially with Alan Wynn being out now. And we we didn't really see much of a set piece focus in that game from the lines, but as as Sean touched on, going into South Africa, you have to dominate up front and and to even stand a chance against those guys. Um, so I think yeah, it will be it'll be exciting. I think there's lots to come, um, and and hopefully a few of those combinations will be changed in the next game, and we'll see see something different. Does this put a bit of pressure on the boys playing next week, Shawnee? Yeah, you know, yeah, for those guys coming up. Yeah, it definitely does. I think that's that's one of the things that you're always aware of when you're in camp or when you're in a line setup is whenever you get your opportunity, you've only probably one shot at it now because it's such a short running now as well. As we said last week, there's no couple of weeks here to, to get up to speed. You literally if you get one one game or one and a half games, you have to be you have to put your hand up for selection. I think a few of the boys done that yesterday and the other lads will be chomping at the bit now to try and do that um next week. So it's yeah, it's it's gonna be fast and furious, but um hopefully uh COVID goes away and um and the few Springboks whoever has COVID at the minute they they get better soon and um you know this whole tour kind of gets up and running. On that Shawnee, let's bring in our Bock on the ground, Skulk Brits. How are you, mate? Hello guys. I'm fantastic, thank you. How are things where you are? I mean, the boys here are having a good time. I hear things have changed a bit in South Africa. I just finished uh, watching Cyril Ramaphosa's speech, um, and we back in lockdown for goodies, so it's not so great. Uh, there's a lot more restrictions now. One bad thing is no alcohol sales for the next two weeks, and I didn't stock up. Ooh. So, um, yeah, not good news. Does that mean you're going to start producing your own alcohol, or <laughs> what? No, you've got friends that stock up and you'll uh, I'll pull a couple of favours, so hopefully I can get some. Of course you will, of course get, you will. Get, get some, get some and deliver to the Lions Hotel, please, and thank you. Make sure those boys are, are kept happy while they're over there. <laughs> I, I actually sent Jamie uh, a couple of weeks ago, I sent a, a message asking if I can sort out some wine tours in, uh, in South Africa, and he told me they're going to be... 
isolated in a bubble and they're not going to see any wine, uh, wine farm. So from that perspective, I'm actually, yeah, I feel for them. Well, I mean, I think they've got to be pretty careful. Uh, obviously, news has got back to the UK about the COVID cases in the South African camp. What can you tell us? Well, Goody, of course, if you get into camp, they were trying to make sure that everyone is COVID negative. A couple of the boys tested positive and they had to stop training. Uh, so that's a bit of a nightmare currently. Uh, this whole COVID and the increase of, well, I'm not no expert, but the increase of cases or positive tests has uh, put quite a damper and uncertainty on the, on the line store. And that first game against Georgia, is that still going to go ahead? Or obviously it's changed the preparation for the Springboks. Not ideal when they haven't played for nearly two years. Yeah, Goody, it's, it's, it's actually, I mean, it's a, the same kind of group that, that played in the final was there. But, I mean, you need match preparations. And to play outfit like the Lions, I watched the game, the game on the weekend. It, it, it's, it, you need to be prepared and ready to take on the best team in the world. So um, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, it's uh, Jacques will do everything to um, to get the boys fit. But, I mean, there's nothing like match preparation. I know the UK boys has played, or not UK, but European boys has played to a, a decent standard. I do not think the curry cap is to the same standard as European rugby. So the question is, will they be, uh, well, firstly, can they keep up with the pace and physicality? I know the boys are fantastic rugby players and it's a good team spirit and a good culture. But as I just said, you need that match prep at, at a very high level. Yeah, Shalk, what, what's what's the mood of the what's the mood in the camp like with the South African boys? Are they are they worried about all this COVID? Or are they just gonna crack on and try to get this tour underway and, and hope for the best? Or like what what kind of mood are they in at the minute? Because they have obviously obviously this isn't an ideal preparation phase for them. Um so like are they yeah. getting a little bit antsy or are they are they just getting on with things? No, I, I guess you just want to get on with it. But unfortunately you have to do tests, get in a bubble and then train together. Now this is sort of a setback. Three other boys testing positive. Um and if they if they te- I think they're testing on Tuesday again, if they test again, yeah, I guess they will miss the whole tour. So I know one of the, the three and I don't know who the other two is, but it's actually, it's, it's not great prep, Sean. And as a rugby player, you just want to train and, you know, play. Mm. This all COVID things is quite a big distraction and it's frustrating. From a from a Lions perspective, um, the Emirates Lions coming up, what what do you think they can expect from them um, as an outfit? Obviously, I don't know how they compare to, to the likes of Japan. What what do you think we should see from them? Well, it's hard. You don't have the Springboks here. A lot of the players left. Um, prep, once again, for them is, is substandard. Um, so hopefully, I mean... Always playing South African teams that they've got great heart, they've got great work ethic, and they've got bring bring a bit of physicality. So hopefully they can uh, <laughs> hurt the boys a little bit. But I mean, it's, it's not going to be the same kind of prep that you will get playing a full strength Lions team. That's that's one of the that's one of my favourite memories of you. By the way, is that game that we played in Hong Kong? Where you, where you, where you get Faz a belt? He, he wasn't coming on your wine tour, was he? 
No, of course he was. He was the first guy I'm going to embark though, guys. <laughs> Come on then, Scholar. Let's hear the details, mate. I, I vaguely remember it, but I want to. I want to hear the ins and outs. Um, there's not pretty much. I'm a. I've got a very bad left hook, to be honest. There was a, a great week with the Barbarians, and I mean, if if I give my full shot, you know, Owen's got a great chin. You know, he definitely that doesn't have a glass chin. And um, yeah, we made up. Uh, we actually. The funny thing is, the first trip we went on Saracens. Guess who was my roommate? Owen Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there we are. I mean, I think the whole board at Saracens met just to discuss this out this problem that they thought was going to come back to uh, the training ground. It wasn't quite Ronaldo and Rooney, but it was a bit of a problem at the time. But luckily, Scholar just came back and gave him a big smile and it was uh, no problems at all. But, always forgiven. Always yeah, always forgiven. forgiven. But Scholar, obviously, um, back in South Africa, you're saying you've gone into level four. Does this mean that absolutely no crowds at the games or what do you think for any of the games? Goody, there's going to be nothing. I mean, we there is no crowds. I watched the Premiership final this weekend. What a game of rugby. But what, how nice was it for me to watch people at the stadium supporting Queens and Exeter? Uh, yeah, you watch rugby with no support, no crowds. Um, and that's one of the things that, that I will uh, be very sad to watch the Lions against the Springboks with no one watching except on TV. The atmosphere in 09 was so special and it's it's that's the way it should be played in front of fans that's going to be the biggest thing I think I think that's the biggest disappointment that there's going to be no fans there's going to be no atmosphere in what is like a world class spectacle these games are and I go back and you look at the TV in 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 '09. It was absolutely incredible, like, and to not have that out there. And the other the other real fear at the minute is if if the tour does start, will it finish because of COVID? Like, um, hopefully, hopefully both both squads like stay COVID free for the whole duration of it because it's it's everywhere now again, unfortunately. Are the other other South African side in as strict as a bubble as as the Lions are? Because I know, obviously, when when I was in England camp over the the, the, the only camps I've been in really been in quite strict bubbles, and that's quite tough. And I know for for the Lions guys, it'll probably be stepped up even more being in South Africa, which will be tough on them as a group. Are South Africa having the similar sort of protocol, or are they allowed to sort of roam in and out a bit more? Not at all. They they had to say goodbye to their loved ones. Uh, pretty much just now communicating on on WhatsApp video or yeah or FaceTime, so they as as strict as you can be. It's 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 a sacrifice from their perspective, as it would be from the Lions' perspective. For me, it's it's exactly the question is that Sean asked is um, is the tour going to finish? Wouldn't it have been better to play this in the UK? I know from from an old or the old boys they wanted in South Africa, but do you really want the Lions to play in South Africa where everyone's in a bubble? The guys in the the, the Lion team can't travel, they can't see, well they can travel, but they can't actually see South Africa. All they're going to see is hotel rooms. Um, for me, it's it's for, you you have to compromise. And for me, watching the Lions or the final this weekend, you want to see the Springboks against the Lions in front of fans. And are you saying that the the buzz in South Africa is dying down a bit because of that? You know, obviously, 09 was one no. of the best tours ever, you know, but other TV shows, you know, still ramping it up. Are people excited for the tour? Good either. We're as excited as ever. I mean, to have the Lions in South Africa is extremely special. It's 
yeah, the players themselves wait every 12 years to get the lines here. Um, so from, from a social perspective and from an excitement perspective, we really can't wait for them and can't wait for the test series to start. But the question is, is this the ideal way for it to start? I don't think so, mm. but that's just my thought. It's interesting, yeah. Jack, what, what, what is it like actually? What, what is entailed in the bubble like? What was, what was it like for you? I think the the first one I was in the, involved in the autumn, it was a little bit more relaxed. So you were allowed to sort of pick players, we picked a wider squad and then it was sort of narrowed down throughout the week. But the, the latest camp in the Six Nations was 28 blokes, flat out at it, 24-7, not allowed, no one allowed in, no one allowed out unless there's an injury. And I think it, it, we we were, at one point, we were pretty much, when you were having dinner, you sort of were two metres apart, sat on your own table, facing different directions. You were only allowed at dinner time for sort of 30 minutes max because of contact. Then you'd have to go and spend the rest of the social time. Well, there wasn't a social time. It was train, eat, in your room. So you're on your, on your own in your room. And I think that's that's one thing that uh, England's such a tight group normally in, in, the, in the games. And, and you could see that a little bit. It was just a bit tough in the Six Nations because of, of how strict the bubble was. And it had to be that way. There was no other way around it, really. We we ended up having no cases. It was brilliant. It meant we could play all the games. But I think it does take its toll on you mentally. And, and I think that's one thing that will be a big thing for the for the coaching group is managing, giving a, giving a bit of a tour experience. But as, as, as Skull said, you, you're sat in a hotel room. So it's how, how do you, you keep that buzz and the energy around it without the boys sort of dipping off mentally? It's, a, it's probably a bigger challenge than... than the prep for the games in some regard yeah um and scholar uh, before we let you go um where will you be watching it at the weekend can you have a bri with some of the boys or is it strictly at home with the kids no well we'll note uh tomorrow everything will be gazetted uh probably just at home that the plan was to travel up to Joba for this weekend's game now i don't know they said no travel to to Gauteng for well for leisure you can go for work so i'll see tomorrow what they say well thanks a lot for joining us mate um as the box on the ground we're going to be speaking to you again but enjoy uh, i would say the restrictions but it's going to be pretty <laughs> enjoy crucial staying in your house yeah, for, uh, with no for the foreseeable <laughs> so uh, yeah just the golf swing instead can you guys send me some wine please <laughs> happily i've got some uh, balsamic vinegar okay. it's got your name on it <laughs> okay gents cheers Have a good night. cheers mate cheers. Right. Well, thanks, Scholar, for joining us. Um, but there, Jack, you mentioned that um, you've been in the bubble and everything. Obviously, um, horrendous news for you, getting it, picking up an injury. Uh, but how is that rehab going at the moment? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. I think it's um, it's always gutting when you get an injury like that. And I know when I was was pretty early on in the in the rehab when when I was sort of last on the podcast. But it's nice. I'm out the brace now. I'm starting to kick on with the training, and and hopefully in the next couple of months be putting a pair of boots on and, and running around outside again, which would be quite nice. Not quite on the rugby pitch, but in nice straight lines and just getting the knee back back moving, which would be good. Do you have a date in in terms of when you're looking to get back, or just a rough idea? Yeah, I think so. I spoke to the surgeon, and they they sort of put 
Andy said to me that it would be around nine, ten months, which I think would take me to sort of around Christmas, really. Um, and that for me is, I'm not in any rush to to get it get it back. You, sometimes you make mistakes when you you push it too hard, and you can end up with other little niggles around around the area. So for me, it's a, the main focus about get it right, get it strong, and hopefully, if I can get back before Christmas, that'd be fantastic. You want to start putting down those eight kilo dumbbells that you're lifting <laughs> in the evenings? Eighty or eight? Look at the size of the upper body. It probably, though, on a serious note, Jack, it's probably a bit easier, or have you found it easier this time rehabbing because you know what's ahead of you? I've I, during my career with big injuries I've always tried to come back better but you kind of learn to be more resilient every time something yeah. big happens so I know you've had this before like what's what's your 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 mindset I suppose um, powering on ahead with, with rehab yeah, I'd I completely agree with that I think when I so I was tw- I think I was 21 when I did my knee and ankle last time and I just didn't know what I was like. What's going on? Am, am I gonna? Am I ever gonna get back from play, to playing rugby? Am I? What am I gonna do if I don't get back? And I just had this big panic. And I think at the time I was just all about rugby, rugby, rugby. That's all. It was my sort of debut season, if you like, where I'd finally broken into the squad. Whereas this time around, having been through it before, I knew that right. I need to have other things in place. I did have other things in place. Had the business outside of it, and 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 also had a lot of other focuses and things to keep me busy. And I love my fishing. Yeah. Can't play golf at the moment. I do love a bit of golf. I'm not much use, but um, I like getting out there. And it, it, I think I think just as you say, you build a bit of resilience, but you also know that you can focus on other things in your life and it's not just about the rugby and you try and put that to the back of your mind because when you are playing, it's got to be at the forefront, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I, saw, I saw a video of uh, Saka, the uh, Arsenal midfielder, uh, an England midfielder. I don't know if you saw him playing golf. It was the worst attempt at golf I've ever seen. So you can't be that okay, bad, surely. That, yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen it, have a little watch. Uh, it's, it's, he's the most coordinated footballer there is. These but... boys are funding half the property in Coventry at the minute. Every, every time I look at the social media, they're after funding more property. Ten apartments here and five apartments there. Just because you're jealous, I haven't got used to the tarmac, mate. Come he just on. Wants, I could be a brand ambassador. For it, I could be a brand ambassador. Oh, no, he just wants more money. We're trying to bring customers in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, though, um, you obviously should be doing some of these videos, as, as Shawnee mentioned. Instagram videos and, and is, is that more for for you just to, to help you along or is it to showcase to younger people and help them through if they get young if they get injuries or yeah I think I think a bit of both I think firstly it was a I needed to change up the rehab and have another motivation so it was nice to just sort of document it a little bit more and show what I'm going through and, and it, it helps keep me even more accountable for what I'm doing on a daily basis but then the other side of things I remember when I came back from my injury last time and it was it was like, oh, when did you get back into the training then? And it was like, as in, when did you first get back into the training ground? I was like, well, I've been back at the training ground for the last nine months. What, what do you mean? But people genuinely didn't understand the fact that you have the operation and then you're rehabbing flat out for nine, ten months. Yeah. People think you have the operation, you sat back with your family eating packets of crisps and popcorn and then you suddenly rock up back at the Rico and, and go again. And I, don't, I think the thing is, it's just never been highlighted. No one's ever sort of mm. dived into it too much. And I just thought, you know what, it, it changes things up and hopefully it will help people that are going through the same thing. I've had a lot of messages when the episodes come out, it's like, oh, thank you so much. It's great to hear about this. I've I've done my knee. I've had this injury. And it's just nice to know that hopefully that there's a few people that watch it. If it helps one or two, then then that's great. It's it's unbelievable. It's, it's, It's funny how people actually, when you tell them you're a rugby player, they go... So what do you do in your spare time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think 
we actually don't have we're like we're in in the morning at half seven we finish about four o'clock yeah. there's not much time like <laughs> our, our, I kind of just think when you say you're a rugby player the kind of thing some people just think oh they train for an hour a day yeah, that's yeah. it when, when no, I, home when, eating's no nothing <laughs> when I was 18 I, I remember I went back home and I think it was over the off season so it was my, just done my first year and I went to the GP for some reason uh, my doctor back home and she was like oh what are you up to at the moment I was like oh I've just started I'm playing rugby full time she was like Oh, okay, so what do you do for a living? I was like, I, I do that for a living. And she was like, well, I think what you need to do... She was like giving me life advice. I, was like, I didn't expect it. So I was like, <laughs> all right. And she was like, I think what you need to do is maybe do some studying and, and get a proper job. And I was like, I've just come in here to get a prescription. <laughs> I don't need life advice. I'm just like, but people don't get it. If you're not into rugby, you, you, yeah. you don't really get it, then then fair enough. But yeah, it's, it's quite funny. how Some people just don't understand it, do they? I mean, it's all right. Sean will give you some life advice about how to get every <laughs> finger in every pie around London and appearance. So I don't, don't worry you, about that. I don't that. know what you mean. Anyway, <laughs> let's bring you back to... Uh, there was a game, obviously, Wasp versus Irish, a classic for the year. Yes. Uh, a lot was talked about it in terms of Irish are in the lead. Um, we're about 28 points or I don't so. think we Dom, need to discuss yeah, 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 28 the points half. yeah dominate the first half um, there's, there's more and then second half uh, things went a bit wrong <laughs> Sean came on and uh, they lost by you know by 6-7 points so somehow there was a Any, 30 point turnaround speaking of the but, premiership yeah it was a very important game <laughs> well uh, the Wasp Irish game is not important to be fair well it is important I just want to hear Jack's perspective because we heard there were some tears in the stand you know it's okay to cry don't worry about it thanks but yeah what was it like emotionally just watching your brother there and getting man of the match and he scored a hat trick I think and captain the team as well did he I don't think he ended up captain it no he just yeah he did get a hat trick just do a number over Sean so that's enough you're trying to make up stuff now yeah I don't need to there's enough there yeah no, it was it was a wicked game to watch. I think the last the last few games of the season have been a bit nuts. I think that was the biggest comeback ever. And then the week after, um, I think Quinns went and did did that um, against Bristol. And it was, yeah, being there live. Tom sort of playing so well, scoring a hat trick, getting man of the match, and yeah, as you say, getting one one over Sean. It was um, it was good yeah. fun. Quinns. Extra. Are we going to hear from Bomb tonight? Yeah, Adam Jones. Are we going to get him on the phone? Do we know? Was, what? What? I I didn't see it because I was in the middle of uh, a Q and A after the Lions uh, game. But <laughs> that what go on. They call it. fill me in. Yeah. Fill me in. What do you think? Uh, I mean, unbelievable game of rugby. I mean, like, to have a Premiership final like that. Um, you know, there's a couple of the Quinns players like Danny Kerr, and I said, you know, they, they, they won't win anything if they defend like that. Absolutely made a a laugh out of that, didn't they? They just kept scoring more and more points. And I think for me, you know, they had a great balance of the older players who were superb, but the younger players out there, you know, guys that people would never have heard of this season, um, were just fantastic. No fear. They kept going back again and again and again. And they made an extra side who, you know, European Champions year before, look Look, average defensively, they just kept carving them open. And if it went for another twenty minutes, they probably would have scored another twenty yeah. points. So. Actually, watching it, I think when I saw the, the way they were celebrating, how much it meant, though, I did feel a little bit emotional. To be fair, you think those guys have sort of gone through a lot in that that year. It was almost a bit like what we had had gone through a lot of change in the coaching setup and at the club. And it's a difficult time to go through as a as a group of lads. And I think, as you touched on there, a few of the senior boys sort of really rallied the group together and. It, it did feel like a real group effort to get to that point and, and we all know how hard Exeter are to beat and 
it, it did hurt a little bit that we sort of came so close the year before um, against them in the final, but um, Quinn's managed to go the whole way. But fair play to the lads. I think that lads like Dombran um, really stepped up. Is it Louis Lewis Liner on the yeah. wing? Mm. Uh, unreal. And, and Joe Marchant, I think, is always quality. He just always delivers. Goes under the radar sometimes, but I've... I've was at 20 under 20s with him been in and out of camps with him as well and he, i think he's a fantastic player i think there has there has been cracks though in Exeter the last you know last two months or so yeah teams were teams were like beating them up a little bit yeah getting on top of them there were been scored a, a lot of tries against them as well and it's funny i i i looked at an interview rob baxter done afterwards and he actually felt it he actually admitted it that he yeah. felt it over the last yeah. six seven weeks that there was Something was going to come back and bite them, and you know that's what that's what that's what he said. That's why where they lost the game collisions wise yesterday. Um, you know bits and pieces haven't been right there. So it's funny how they're going to try and I suppose reflect and try and get better again. But they're not the same team that they were, you know, a year ago. Yeah, I, I thought in in the final they I just thought Queens had a bit more desperation, mm. um, and whether that's because most of their team haven't won before, or for a couple of the older guys it's been nine years. Um, and that's nothing against Exeter. You know, they, they were fighting bloody hard, but Quinn's just a little bounce of the ball, those scraps, they were just desperate. And you saw that at the end when they won. It meant everything to yeah. them. And, you know, the hard thing for them is, is coming back to the year after and Exeter will come back and be even hungrier to try and get success. And uh, like I, I thought it was um, a phenomenal performance from the 9 and 10, Danny Kerr and Marcus Smith, I thought they controlled it really, really well. And they, they were superb. But, I mean, Jack, what were your thoughts in terms of technically? Yeah, yeah I think you, what you touched on there, emotionally for Exeter, after winning everything they wanted to last season, to sort of bring it back into, into the same emotional level that they need to be to win those big games. They obviously let themselves down in Europe. And then going to this, you would have thought that their performances in Europe would have helped them rally together to try and get a result in the final. But... I guess from your perspective as well, winning sort of back-to-back stuff with Saracens, how how have you found what's the importance of trying to sort of maintain that momentum going into another season? Because I think that that's something that extra that it did seem that this year they've struggled with a little bit is trying to go off the back of winning big trophies into into the following year. I think it's hard, and speak to Shawnee as well from his Leinster days. I, th- I remember particularly in I think it was two thousand and seven eighteen, we lost to Leinster in the core final of Europe um, and we didn't play well and they beat us at the Aviva and it, and it did spur us on. We sort of came back in our meeting and went, right, you know, we're not doing what we want to do as well as we should do. We're not... Oh, um, who, who's back behind me now? Bam. Oh, Bomber! <laughs> Bomber! How are you, mate? Can you hear us, Bomb? What's the story? You look amazing. Where are you? Go, I'll come and meet you after this. Are you? To- is that? Is that? <laughs> Down the ship. Oh, that's not dangerous on a Sunday. Blimey. <laughs> I'll come down and meet you, bomb in an hour. You come in? Yeah. 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 Shawnee is. Shawnee. Shawnee's having a lovely time down here, but he's a. Uh... Talk to us, mate. How are you feeling? I can't hear you. I have to go. I'll have to go. Uh, well done, pal. Good to see you. What, what, a, day, what a day yesterday. Uh, unbelievable. unbelievable. <laughs> so good, mate. Easy, bud. Good luck. Congrats, mate. 
So I don't think we were going to expect much from Bomb there. Uh, made a little bit of sense, but uh, to be honest, just great to see him alive and happy. Uh, was a bit worried about him, but what a victory for them. So fair play. Um, Shawnee, you going to join him down the ship? Well, it looks like good fun, <laughs> so I might as well. I'll give him a text there and see him allowed in. The Queen's voice might not like a, a London Irish man coming into them, but we'll see. We'll see. But uh, that finishes off for tonight's show. And Jack, thanks a million for coming in. Thank you very much for having me. So that's it for this week's House of Rugby, powered by Vodafone. Make sure you download the official British and Irish Lions app to get all the latest news, features, and even pick your starting test team. See you next week. House of Rugby Ireland, here on Joe. Game changed. Changed.